What up, you crazy players and pimp daddies? It's time for episode 152 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samroff, and that fantastic, angry, angry man. Pimp daddy, Tam. <laughs> pimp daddy, Tam. Mac daddy. Okay, well, last week we recorded what I thought was a great show. Unfortunately, the sound came out dreadful, so some of you might have quit. Good on content. Um, some of my settings were all messed up and I didn't even realise until we uploaded it. And we were talking about how um, libertarians are thought to be stooges of the billionaire class. And I said, you know, one thing I could say is I don't see very, very many of these billionaires doing anything for the libertarian movement and I wish they would. Well, yeah. I even said we should stop defending them until they start until they start coming out in favor of libertarians. And yet today I find myself moved to make a passionate defense of outsized wealth because my lefty um friend sent me this um this website that you if you're on YouTube you'll actually see this out on the screen. Uh, if you're in the podcast, you might actually want to watch this one because there's going to be a little bit of presentation for it on YouTube. And it says, Wealth Shown to Scale. This is mkorostoff.com. I'm not reading that website name. They're a bunch of lefty assholes anyway. Why give them a free pass? And I sent this to Tam and he was incensed by it. What was it that you said? You said something like you would rather the billionaires burn yeah, but when people send me stuff like that about you know how all these rich people have got more money than that could choke a jackass, um, it just makes me defensive. It just may, I mean, I'm supposed to go, oh yeah, it's terrible, but it just makes me want to go. Do you know what? I'd rather see, you know, who's the worst billionaire that you could imagine? I don't know who who really. Let's call it. Let's say it's Bezos. Like he's he's going to be the guy anyway. I don't really like Jeff Bezos, he annoys me. But I'd rather see him set, or, or just even slowly wipe his ass with all his money in front of people. I don't think he than, could. I, I think even if he got $1,000 bills, <laughs> it, would take, it, it would take more than his entire lifestyle. That would be a far lifestyle. more interesting, uh, that would have been a far more interesting video to make, you know, to show the scale, show Jeff Bezos wiping his ass on $1,000 bills and show how long it would actually take. Yeah, it's been a month now and he's not even touched. He's not even scraped the scratch the surface. He no, definitely will have scratched him. the surface, that's for sure. <laughs> but just not of his I, uh, piles of money. Yeah, well, yeah, just other piles. Um, yeah, he's a, I would rather see him ha, ha, and all the other billions have a big bonfire of all their money. Rather than because if you think about it, see if they did that. See if they actually just had a big pyre and burnt all their money. That would probably be less damaging for the economy than to appropriate that money and redistribute it. And we're going to find out why today, or at least we're going to okay. examine why. Yeah. So it's a pretty clever website. I'm going to give it that. And it yeah. goes, wealth shown to scale. And if you're following us yeah. along on YouTube, you'll say here... Most, most clever propaganda is very well made. Right. I have to say. Um, this tiny point here is $1,000. Then there's a little square, which is 
dollars, which is the median US household income. Um, and we won't explore this at any length in this episode, but they never talk about what kind of factors might be, because a lot of the time they talk about wealth stagnation or wage stagnation in the US, but they never really talk about the ways that the government intervenes in the economy to slow down the growth of wealth for the other person. This uh, block here uh, in green is a million dollars, and then we have a great big huge rectangle here in turquoise, which is one billion dollars. One billion dollars, as uh, Dr. Evil Quoth. But that, that rectangle doesn't go on for long. But then they're like 139 billion wealth of Jeff Bezos. I'm going to start scrolling right. And as you can see, this will go on for ages. I actually didn't realize that there was another block after this the first time I looked at the website, but it does go on for a long time. And yeah, after a while, you're just like, well, you've made your point. I get it. But Jeff Bezos has got tons and tons of wealth. But what annoys me is they never really make any distinctions, right? I've got a lot of reasons not to like uh, Amazon. One is they're going, mm. they, they're going for handouts everywhere they can, and they get states to compete for where they can put their um, headquarters in exchange yeah. for handouts. Okay, I know taxation is theft and all that, but um, they're not competing on an even playing field, and it could be that something better that Amazon would exist if they were. This says, Jeff is so wealthy that it's quite literally unimaginable. And it is, it's right in the sense that it's pretty hard to imagine that. And the, the words follow around. And the, last time we mentioned that Jeff Bezos got something like 500 or 600 million from the CIA and NSA, which looked pretty um, nefarious. And then there's this um, headline here that says, who would have guessed that Amazon would benefit from hundreds of millions of other businesses closing down worldwide, many never to reopen? Lockdown increases Bezos' wealth by tens of billions. And the Bezos-owned Washington Post says lockdowns must continue. So he's kind of, he has an elite. Um, but the thing is, they never make... And probably a lizard as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they never seem to make any distinctions between... Um, rent seeking wealth gained by rent seeking and wealth gained by voluntary trade trade and i think that's that's important i mean well it's important to us unfortunately though would it not be the case that most people who would call themselves on the left or socialists draw no such distinct distinction for them all wealth you know that the, the, there's no way you, you just don't get rich by being honest you can't do it, right? You, you, you've, you've fucked somebody over along the way in order to gain your wealth. That's, right. that's the way well, to look at it. I think that's true. And it depends like how hard, like, I mean, they don't think their own wealth is illegitimate, of course. They don't think that the inequality between themselves and someone in Bangladesh is illegitimate. But um, even so, right, they say things like, say, say you're not on the very hard left, you're just a sort of progressive-minded fellow. lazy left. Yeah. yeah, lazy left. You might think you might say something like, "I just want. I just think that Amazon should pay their taxes, right?" Okay. You'll, you'll see that there's no effort in this to see in this big orange block. How much of this would not want to be owned to Bezos if he really did pay his taxes, right? Well, what first would, of all, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm not even seeing, saying that taxes yeah. are legitimate. Go on. What we're seeing is 139 billion. Would I be right in saying 
that's not just big piles of spare cash that Bezos has got yeah. stuck underneath his huge mattress or, you know, buried in a hole or stuck up his ass. This is, most of this stuff will be in stocks, uh, property, yeah. land, yeah, stuff that's businesses, not liquid. Yeah, businesses that are actually, it's invested in businesses yeah. that are doing research to make... Well, I mean, how is he going to keep the money or grow the money? The only way that he's going to grow yeah. the money is by investing it in businesses that produce things that people want, or at least that would yeah. be the case. To the extent that it is a free market, he's going to grow his wealth by investing in businesses that are developing technology that will further um, the human race according to what um, their consumer preferences are, to the extent that he's not making money from rent-seeking. I want to talk a little bit more about that later. It says, we rarely see wealth inequality represented to scale. This is part of the reason Americans constantly underestimate the relative wealth of the super rich. I just want to say, I would like some more distinctions to be made. One is, right, first of all, every 10 pixels you scroll is 5 million, says the, mm. says the thing. And uh, there's quite a lot of 10 pixels. I don't know when yeah. we're going to come to the end of this orange block eventually. I've not been scrolling the whole time. I've been a bit stop start with it. Yeah, uh, okay, we're coming to the end though. now, it says. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to just stop here because I just want to say, right, there's no distinction. One of my distinctions is how much money is gained through voluntary exchange and how much is gained through rent seeking. There's no real way to calculate that because there's no counterfactual where you would see if Amazon wasn't giving given unfair advantages, you know, that would change consumer preferences. One thing yeah. they seem to miss out when they say, I wish Amazon would just pay their taxes is that a lot of that tax money would just be paid by shoppers. Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention before when I was mentioning Bezos rent seeking. The post office in the U.S. has given special subsidies to Amazon so they get their stuff delivered for cheaper, which is kind of unfair because that's coming out of the taxpayers' pockets. They also agreed to deliver things on Sunday. Now, you could agree, you could hypothesize that, well, if the post office was a private company and they had a customer that was as lucrative as Amazon, maybe they'd make special exceptions as well. Well, fine. Let private companies yeah. make make special exceptions for Amazon. Yeah, that's coming out of their profits. Exactly. And yeah, and they would have to adjust their prices accordingly. Yes, because I, I don't because the reason because I don't think that the post office is efficient. It's probably running at a loss. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to tax yeah. people to fund it. So he is he is benefiting from the government. But the the point is, there's no what I would. There's no way to calculate how much of that money wouldn't, would, if Amazon did pay their taxes, would be cut off Amazon, and how much would be cut off individuals who, uh, who are paying for Amazon goods, and a lot of them wouldn't buy the stuff. A lot of the time you mm. go, hmm, am I going to buy that book? Eh, yeah, go on then. But if it was a pound or two cheap, more expensive, you'd go, do you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to buy it, right? Okay, I'm just not going to yeah. buy it. So... So there's no counterfactual, but it would be quite nice to see a block of if we take at face value how much every product buy, bought on Amazon costs versus how much it costs the, the next cheapest option, the, 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 more, the, ne the second cheapest option after Amazon. 
And imagine people had bought all of these goods from the next cheapest option rather than Amazon. How big, the block, how big would the block be of how much Amazon has saved people, actually? How much, has, how much money has Amazon saved its consumers over what their next best option would be? Yeah. Right? How much, say, more money, how, yeah, how much more money has it left in their pockets to spend on other things? That's right. Um, yes, how, yes. How much... Yeah, how much do Jeff Bezos's employees spend uh, out of their wages on other products um, that they wouldn't be able to buy if Jeff Bezos wasn't employing them? <clears throat> this is, now, now the now the website designers come on saying, "Lol, just kidding. We're only about a third of the way, way yeah. through. Keep scrolling through. There's more to see." So, um, so, and also. What is the so so the counterfactual? So Amazon has saved people money as compared to what they would have spent acquiring more expensive goods if not for Amazon. Uh, now it's saying let's put the wealth in perspective by comparing to some familiar things. Now let's see what they've yeah, got the for us. The ticket's going to come up, yeah. Here yeah, here's a small blue block that says, all the money you will ever earn in your entire lifetime from the day you were born. Right, 1.7 million. And if we take my point, well, I mean, I'm getting a lot cheaper goods than I would otherwise because I can get them in the Amazon marketplace. Now, I don't deny that something else like net market would have existed. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. here's annual cost, if it wasn't for Amazon. But for whatever reason, Amazon got there first, uh, outcompeted its competitors, and then it got the best UX experts in the world to make to keep the site user friendly. Out, outcompeted or possibly outlobbed? Yes, we don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they did outlobby the other companies. There's no yeah. way of telling. Here's an annual pay of an Amazon warehouse worker, which, by the way, I should add, is a lot better than zero pay then zero yeah. pay, do you know what I mean? Which is what they would be getting if they weren't, if Amazon, if they weren't working for Amazon. But the thing is, I'm making these distinctions, right? But what I'm saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they're the end of the debate. Like you said, either they outcompeted or they outlobbied. But the thing is, the left don't make these distinctions. So that's why mm. we have to, right? Here's annual cost to a house every of every single homeless veteran, right? Well, you know, suddenly the left care about homeless, right. about yeah, soldiers. They care right? about ex-soldiers, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, my view is yeah. you made the choice. Yeah, you, yeah, you, fuck, you made... yeah, years it would be fuck those baby killers, man. Right, right. Annual cost of chemotherapy for all cancer patients, nine billion. Okay, and it's just showing that this is a blue rectangle here. In 2018, Jeff Bezos made nine billion in about four days. But I mean, that's the point. How much? See, how how many products did he have to sell to make nine billion? How many people did he serve? I mean, did he did he slit a grandmother's throat? She must have been a bloody rich auntie with nine billion. You know, what did he do to acquire it? Right, and I'm saying if it was acquired illegitimately, that's a different story. Even if the fortunes of very rich people are dwarfed by the incomprehensible wealth 
of the 0.0001%. I've got a point on that, actually. I really hate when they're showing some econo econometrics and they split the population into five quintiles. Like the bottom 20%, the second, because it's so obvious that the top 1% are, um, should, should have a quintile of their own because their income compared to the rest of the 19% of the richest people it's not very clear. It lacks clarifying power. That's one thing that okay. I will definitely say. Can we just have a look? Here's one here. The wealth of Beyonce, right? So that's $400 million. $400 million. Now, yeah. in my opinion, right, if there's anybody who less deserves $400 million, it's Beyonce because her music's utter, utter, utter shite, right? Okay, but that's just my opinion. Clearly... Millions of people disagreed, and her mu her music brings uh, pleasure and fulfillment clearly to a lot of people, right? So she sells she sells that amount of albums and does that amount of tours, whatever, and she makes um, that amount of money. But it's interesting, I find, when people talk about wealth and how uh, how disgusting it is and how obscene it is. They tend to talk about CEOs of companies and fat cats. Right. They tend not to talk about football players. Well, they do talk about, I've heard quite a lot of people yeah. go for football players, but not so much like singers and entertainers. Yeah, but they're not at the top of the list though. You know, it's always CEOs and, you know, heads, because to, to most people, they, they look as if they're, you know, they, they don't do anything. And maybe a lot of them don't, maybe they're just professional scapegoats, but so, I, I don't hear the same amount, the same venom, right? Yeah, people go, oh, it's ridiculous, that, you know, but they don't stop going to football. That's true. Right? They don't say, do you know what? I'm not buying a season ticket for Manchester United this year because I, I, I refuse to take part in this. They continue to do that. So there's a lot of uh, double standard and hypocrisy when people talk about, you know, uh, wealth unimaginable. I mean, $400 million dollars, is not to be sneezed at either. I yeah. mean, if you really want to get down to it, I'd, you know, you, if, if all you were doing was buying necessities, you'd struggle to spend $100 million, I think, in your lifetime. So um, Sure. Well, yeah. the, the thing is, um, speaking of CEOs, the next goes wealth of Apple CEO Tim Cook, $625 million. Okay, so, yeah. but the thing is, CEOs are in a different league. I've defended CEO pay in the show before. One thing is they yeah. only tend to get those big salaries for about five years and then they bring someone younger in. But also, I mean, it's the market. It's like they, they're, the reason why CEOs get paid to something maybe like two or 300 million, um, it's because they're being bid for by all the companies that they could possibly go for at their skill level. If there was like a thousand times as many CEOs as there were as there are, then they'd get less pay. If there was a thousand, sorry, if there was a thousand times as many people who are as skilled as they are, then they would get paid less. Obviously, because okay. why would someone want to pay them three hundred million where that guy will do the same job for two hundred fifty yeah. or or, or two hundred twenty-five or two hundred or a hundred? But the okay. whole world would actually benefit for having people that competent and I don't understand I don't think people understand that they're making decisions that affect literally millions of people and if they make bad decisions the company they're the CEO 
of could potentially go bankrupt, right? It's their job to make that whole company more successful. So it's reasonable that yeah. they get they get paid the market rate. Now someone well, could make, I, I think on. there's an argument, I think there's several arguments to be made against that. And I'm not convinced that CEOs in many instances are worth their money. But okay, it's not tell me about to what we're it's not germane well, I mean, to what well, we're talking about a, today. Well, I don't, I don't mind covering it if you... If you no, no, I, because there's a lot to cover just in this. So I think okay. we'll, we'll, well save that one. If there's time, we'll, we'll save it. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I, I look forward to being corrected on that. So I can see a better argument for why, say, Jeff Bezos or the owner of some of these services like Google, Facebook, and what have you, I can see a better argument for why they didn't, in inverted commas, deserve it, because I think these are ser these are sectors which are naturally tend towards monopolistic, and it's like a power node in a it's like a power node in a, in one of these games where you um, collect resources, right? Yeah. It's like whoever gets the power node first gets to profit from it. But the 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 thing is. This seems to assume that you can just move the wealth away from them without without all sorts of consequences that we're going to right. cover shortly. So the, you, here's lifetime earnings of a doctor, lifetime earnings of a lawyer, lifetime earnings of a hedge fund manager, and they're, they're smaller squares. It's pretty... And it says these people see themselves as fabulously rich, but obviously compared to Jeff Be Bezos, um, they're not. And it says, and often oppose policies aimed at reducing inequality. There's that big word, inequality again, that meaningless mm -hmm. word since in South yeah. Africa when, when millions of people came out of poverty. Inequality, unsurprisingly, went up because taking people out of poverty meant there was a whole class of people that were more rich, um, but, but no one got more poor. It's just, it looks bad on inequality. But yeah. many have not fully grasped the enormous gulf between themselves and the super rich. That's true. I mean, I think this does bear scrutiny. Um, I mean, at least it, it doesn't, not scrutiny, it bears distinguishing between. Like, I want to, um, we shouldn't have these stats which lump the top 20% of earners or even the top 1% of earners together because it lacks clarifying power. Um, yeah. For our thinking. So here's um, Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know why um, it's saying that. Oh, yeah. So you could go. I don't know why we want to. I don't really well, understand don't, the point um, that line's making. Well, so Mark Zuckerberg, what, 82 billion? That's not. We can have a world in which wealthy people exist without handing nearly all money to the super rich. Well, I mean, it's like. First of all, it wasn't handed. It was trade exchanged for, and and to a yeah. large degree, maybe. Um, but well, again, it's we. Yeah, it's you know, we. Who's it's, we. If you yeah. if you do not wish to buy Jeff Bezos's products, you don't. Uh, well, that, I'd yeah, yeah, you products. Can. It's it's goods and services. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, you can go on Amazon, on eBay, or you you can go. You can deliberately look for other sh sites. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, and no single human needs or deserves this much wealth. Well, again, here, yeah, exactly. You don't need dessert, and you certainly don't fucking deserve dessert. 
So put the ice yeah. cream down, Toby. So yeah. so someone can come in. No one needs it. Deserve is a meaningless word. I mean, how can you calculate who deserves what, right? Mm. The question is, are they A, maybe entitled to it? Or um, I don't even know if that's the right word. You say who who's entitled to what. Are, are they... Did they acquire it legitimately? Or, um, so that's the, that's the end of the Jeff Bezos block. And I, I didn't even actually realize that there was text on, um, that there was more to come. So do you want to say anything more about Jeff Bezos before we go on to the second part of the site? No, no, uh, just keep ticking along. I just want um, to say... So the thing is, when people talk about this deserve, right, it's like, the question is, what action exactly are you saying should be taken towards what ends? Because a lot of the time, right, people are saying, well, we should redistribute the wealth to help the impoverished people, right? Whether, or let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, as many people who are free market orientated are, they'll say, well, you know, see if you redistribute wealth, you will see a knock-on reduction in growth, right? Let's yep. let and some people and some people on the left will argue against that, or some people will say, well, who cares about growth, even though growth is strongly correlated with rising incomes from people at the bottom of the in uh, the economic ladder, right? Yeah. Let's take for granted, for the sake of argument, that there's a trade-off between inequality and growth. If you, if you reduce inequality, you'll also reduce growth. Let's say for the sake of argument. Now, which one of those two things you should pursue as a value judgment, in a sense? Because someone will say, well, I don't mind if the pie is smaller, just so long as the people at the bottom is taken care of. That is a value judgment. But what means, what policies will achieve your values is a matter for economic science. It's mm. not a subjective ma matter, right? So you can say, I want people on low incomes to have higher incomes, therefore I support the minimum wage. Yeah. Well, you wanting people in the bottom to have higher incomes, that as a goal to pursue, that's a value judgment. But whether the minimum wage will receive, will achieve that goal or not, is not a value judgment. That's a matter for economic science, and that's yeah. the preamble <clears throat> that I want to give to this next section. And, and also, whether or not that higher income will reduce, but will result in a higher standard of living. Yeah, it may that, not. That's a great way of. That's a great. Point, uh, as I anticipate you saying, because yeah, if companies have to pay everyone a higher wage, maybe the price of all the goods and services will come up. So even though you're earning a higher wage, uh, your purchasing power is lower yeah. because there's an accumulate there's an accumulating effect of the minimum wage, which I often don't see on articles arguing against the minimum wage, which is it's not just the person in the shop, it's the person that drove the goods to the shop, it's blah blah. Along the supply chain, there might be four or five people who receive a minimum wage rise. Therefore, a 20% rise in the minimum wage may actually result in a more than 20% rise in the cost of mm. goods and services. And that's a very important point. Thank you to yeah, But you don't have to put your prices up. Just pay your shareholders less. 
uh, should we examine that? I mean, the, I think there's a point. Well, considering they, they just assume that all the shareholders are just these greedy fat cats. And well, well, when, you, when, you, when you look at the shareholders in something like um, McDonald's, many of the companies who are, many of the people who are shareholders in McDonald's aren't individuals. They are people like Chase, uh, JP Morgan, Chase Manhattan, right. and even, uh, you know, governments. Well, have, have 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 their pension funds yeah, yeah. invested in some of these companies, and, not and just, if you pay them less, that means pensions right. uh, don't yeah. don't pay off. Yeah, and it's not just the government; it's the yeah. private pension companies are obviously investing in in these in yeah. the stock market as well. So it's basically yeah, it's, it's taking money away from granny. So, but but the, <laughs> the other interesting thing is on that point entrepreneurs don't really actually have a choice over whether to raise the um give the that to over whether to pass those extra costs on to consumers or whether to cut um the amount of money they spend on facilities for staff or whether to cut um dividends to shareholders i mean they might have some choice but largely it's down to the market they, you know they can't just decide uh, arbitrarily um there, there's it's it's the same as your wage like it's yeah. arrived at by consensus on the market you yeah. get paid roughly what your skills will yield so, yeah. so it's, it's not that anyway it says here well well the, I mean, the case in point as a shareholder, you could say, well, this is not paying dividends. I'll just cash in my shares yeah, and, and that'll be my dividend. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, so, so let's now go on to say, um, Jeff Bezos may be insanely rich, but this is a drop in the ocean compared to the combined wealth of his peers. And here's the wealth of the 400 richest Americans who own, a, who own about $3 trillion, right? which is more than the bottom 60% of Americans, right? Um, now, $3 trillion, it sounds like a lot, but when you, here's 400 people. Well, it right? is a lot. Yeah. It is a lot, but I mean, what is the US government debt? It's oh, it's, it, well, J just yeah, there's the, the debt and then there's the deficit, but the yeah, debt exactly. is, is in the trillions. I think, it's yeah. And, and rising. Let's, maybe we should just do a quick Google. Um, U.S. debt for those people listening. Uh, outstanding debt owned by the federal government as of September 2019 was 22.7 trillion. Will it be a lot more than that now? How much are yeah. the unfunded liabilities? For for 45.8 trillion. So I'm not saying that yeah. three trillion. And that's is, not even including the deficit. How right. much? Yeah. So How that's going to grow year. every year. So yeah. put it this way, if you appropriated their trillions, you wouldn't even pay off no. 10% of what America or the American government owes. So, but how, how is it relevant? How's that relevant, Anthony? Well, how it's relevant is it's actually the investment of these 3 trillion in businesses and industries that are um, creating the wealth. Um, so it says, 
a trillion dollars is such a large figure that you might as well say 11 gajillion zillion dollars. I mean, that does sound quite funny. You might as well say that. Hey, Tam, you might as well say 11 gajillion zillion dollars. 11 gajillion zillion dollars. Wow, yeah. Wow, you gads. So, in this section, we will try and understand the scale of this figure by looking at what could be accomplished with various chunks of this wealth. Here we go. As we proceed, try and keep in mind all of this wealth is controlled by a group so small that they could fit on a single 747 airplane with 260 seats left over. I wouldn't even say they control it. They might allocate it. Here's the plane. It's so patronizing. So fucking patronizing. Right. Oh, I was enjoying that plane. Why did they make it go away? What could you we do with 3% of this money? Who is this we? Yeah. Who is this collectivist we? I hate it when they say we test every American on this virus. Right. And I just want to add, I'm probably going to have to say this over and over again, but I'll just say it once to get the point across. Right. As though you could test every American for th uh, every American with 3% of this wealth. Cause you know, it's not like if you went out and tried to buy 300 million kits, the price of those test kits would stay exactly the same. No, those companies would have to go out and like appropriate machines and factories and change them from producing whatever they're currently producing to producing Corona test kits. So the price of the test kits would go up the up through the roof and it would end up costing, I don't know, 10 times as much, five times as much, yeah. you know, several times as much. And also you wouldn't be getting all that other production of the other stuff that those factories and machines are currently making. So Lord knows something else would be more expensive in the shops, but that doesn't even enter the mind of these economically mm -hmm. literate people who, who yeah. just... What, what I'd like to see is something like this with a tiny little square with what Jeff Bezos and the rest of the super millionaires actually uh, own in terms of assets compared to this massive big thing of all the debt that the governments of the world... Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's are, ...are in. You know, that's a, that's and the money one. that they have pissed up against the wall on yeah, stupid ideas and wars that result, you know, at, at least uh, Jeff Bezos, he enriches himself, he enriches his shareholders, he also arguably enriches his customers, whereas government programs uh, not only haven't yielded dividends, but they've actually resulted in more debt, more waste, and more uh, destruction. So, right. um, yeah, I'd like to see that. This is like 3% to 3%, the same amount to permanently eradicate malaria, right? Okay, so why doesn't someone come to a come up with a proposal? Because I don't believe this, right? I frankly think if you try to do this, for the same reason, it would cost a lot more than it's stated. But come well, up with a, a proposal that um, how, of how much it would be to permanently eradicate malaria. Okay. Go to the papers and create a, a massive big appeal. Yeah. For these, yeah. uh, for these, for these yeah. people to to cough up, and if they yeah. don't create a massive itch, uh, outrage and go, are you guys fucking kidding us? Are you fucking kidding us? We gave you this proposal that just for 3% of your wealth, yeah. we would eradicate malaria and you're not, and yeah. you're not pushing the button on it. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. um, uh, cause you know, in ancient Greece, I think, um, 25% in Athens, 25% was of people were independently wealthy. 
And what it is, is they had a cultural norm where if you were independently wealthy, you were basically expected to um, provide funds for the theatres and the and all of the sort of things to culture people and yeah and, and, and yeah. people did it didn't they have an annual didn't... competition to see who could be the benefactor i don't i, I don't know the specific details of that yeah, but it could be did. true so right okay so the thing is a lot of people are doing stuff for malaria i don't know if bill gates is one okay. of them okay well I, I need to say something about malaria right away okay because I, I, I grew up in africa now, the problem, one of the problems at least with malaria is, see, malaria was under control in Africa. When I was a kid in Zambia, there was no malaria outside, uh, inside of, um, you know, like, the only places that had malaria were places right out in the bush, right out in the sticks, game reserves, things like that. In towns and cities, malaria was eradicated. And the reason it was eradicated was DDT. Oh, right. Right. The, yeah. the governments regularly used DDT. It was, it's a controversial uh, substance. And basically, but it was a highly effective uh, yeah. s- uh, substance for eradicating malaria larvae. Now that DDT is banned, universally, worldwide, so in other words, we in the West banned uh, Africans from using DDT. It was, it was relatively cheap to use as well, obviously. Um, now in Nairobi, okay, in a, in a modern Western city like Nairobi, you can get malaria in the fucking Hilton Hotel. That's yeah. that's how out of control malaria is in Africa, and it's 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 way worse now than, than some would argue than it than it's ever been, and that's largely down to the, the prohibition of DDT. Right, right. There's an argument to be had about whether or not you know uh, DDT should be used, but the people who yeah. You know, and the environmentalists who 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 wanted the, the end to DDT won't listen to the argument. Sure. And when they were told at the time, "Do you realise?" and many of these people were on the left. Many of these people are, are still would agree. You say, "Well, you know, you want to ban DDT, you want people to die, right? right. Because that's exactly what yeah, exactly. will happen, and that's exactly what and did I, happen." I reckon that yeah. DDT is is uh, probably somewhat toxic because all animals all animals have the same nervous si- si- central nervous system yeah. right there's no been no innovation there so if it's toxic to a mosquito it's going to be toxic to a human being but guess what yeah. it's better to be toxified than dead do you know yeah. what i mean there's yeah. no fucking utopia on earth right you're getting toxified um, to a degree with most of the food you eat because uh, you know alcohol's a toxin yeah exactly and and the body only has so much capacity to you know yeah. remove heavy metals and all, all sorts of things so we accumulate this shit and it, it does damage our health but compared to what we're still yeah. living longer than ever before even in even even though we've got more toxin more plastic and heavy metal toxins in our food supply so so, so here you go. Uh, for 5% of this wealth, you could provide 12,000 
$1,200 for every household. Oh, so you admit that a universal basic income would only last 20 months for 20 months, even if you appropriated yeah. the wealth of the 400 richest Americans. You know, okay, well, what the are they going to do with the $12,000? Sorry, $1,200. Are they just going to go out to the shops? And they're, they're going to go out. $1,200 ain't a lot of money, but it's a lot of money if you don't have it. Exactly. Right? So, so why do you want to give it to every American household? Why don't you just give it to the people that <laughs> the people them? who need it? They could maybe get $3,000 or $4,000. But they're just but, going to go out okay. to the, sorry, before you go on, they're just going to go yeah. out to Walmart and spend it on Amazon and it's going to go straight back to Jeff Bezos <laughs> and the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. But I guarantee you, if you gave every household in America $1 million, I promise you, in one year's time, you will still see poverty. You will yeah, still because, have poor people. Yeah. yeah. This is what because there are. There are some people who will misspend that money and still have nothing to show and it's, of any value, really, at the end of it. It's always the same people who, as well. It's always the same people as well. It's like. Yeah. A lot of people are poor because they don't have economic skills. So giving them yeah. money isn't going to make them economically skillful. And I yeah. argued in my book, Universal Basic Income, for and against, get a copy of Amazon and yeah. enrich Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Uh, get a copy of Amazon. I argued in that in the end, basically that unless you're helping those people at the, econo at the bottom of the economic ladder, one, get skills so that they can command a higher wage or two, um, gain capital as in get invested in the stock market or property yeah. or wh whatever it is so that they get dividends. You can do all the redistribution you want. It's still going to go back to the rich people. So these yeah. lefties, they just seem completely adverse to the idea of a job as a means out of poverty or a well-paid job as a means to reduce inequality. Yeah. They just hate the wealth. They just hate the concentration of wealth. Well, do you know what? Yeah. I don't think it's really that good for people to be dependent on the government. I don't think it's good for their self-esteem and I don't think it's going to make them feel secure because they know at any time a handout can be taken away. But see, like, do you know what? Before I was a therapist, I taught the piano, right? If for whatever reason I wasn't allowed to practice psychotherapy anymore, I can go back to teaching piano, right? If, if I couldn't do that, I'm pretty sure... I've learned quite a lot of different skills, so I'm pretty sure I could learn something else that I could get a decent wage for. So yeah. that puts me at a much better position in terms of my internal sense of security because I think yeah. that I'm competent enough to go out and make work happen. And I wasn't always yeah. confident of that. And you know what? I didn't earn a lot of money because I wasn't confident in myself and didn't have a good money-making mindset. It yeah. took me quite a long time. So this is a mindset thing for people. I definitely sure. believe that. You yeah. know, there. Um, I mean, in, in, in most of the, in a lot, a lot of instances, to give to say, okay, this person's got, is is poor, right? Uh, and they they they're they're not they don't make very good decisions in their 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 yeah you know with with their with their money. What can we do? We'll give them more money. It's about like saying. 
well, we've got this guy and he's addicted to marijuana. Uh, what can we do to improve his life? Well, let's give him crack cocaine as well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, a lot. <laughs> and see well, how he gets on with that. In the case of people with addictions, giving them a handout is making their life worse, not better. And as I yeah. pointedly point out, may well be making their death worse rather than better. This says the recent coronavirus stimulus uh, was the largest ever passed by Congress. It was fin financed entirely through deficit spending, which will be repaid by taxpayers for generations. Yeah. The burden of repaying well, we this debt could be erased in an instant with a tax on the super rich so small they will not even feel it. Yeah, I'm sure it could be done in an instant and it would have no knock-on effects. But one of the things is, right, see when it comes to tax on, right, see if the, I've got this project, right, say it's a chemical plant and, the, you know, their, their chemical plant, you know, could cost something like 300 million, right? So without someone who's got a few billion or people putting their heads together, you're not going to get one of those, right? Our aim is to make a profit. Now, see if I'm going to t get taxed, let's say for the sake of t argument, 25% of that. I might roll the dice on it because I don't know if it's going to make a profit. But supposing I can anticipate a huge tax on it, let's just say 75% for the sake of argument, I'm much less open to taking the risk of blowing 300 uh, billion or 300 million or whatever in the on the initial investment because uh, yeah obviously i'm less likely to get to to, to yeah. even if i do succeed i'm less likely to see the return so but the thing is that this is presuming once you have that chemical plant there if it makes stuff cheaper than the current infrastructure and that's how it becomes successful you're making everyone's life better because they get cheaper products, which means their paycheck is actually worth more in real terms. Yeah. The wealth of 400... Oh. I, I'm actually I'm kind of actually for Amazon paying for a large share of the stimulus bill since they seem to be profiting from the lockdown, since all okay. the shops... <laughs> shops well, let's are, wind, wind back here a little bit. Right. right. Okay, two things. We've already explained that most of Jeff Bezos' wealth will be locked up in land, investments. property, yeah. investments. Right. So in order for to transfer that into liquidity, that's a good point, either you yeah. would need to transfer those things into government ownership or you would need to sell them off so somebody else would need to be coming in yeah, and yeah, be prepared yeah. to buy them, right? So they yes. have to pay that amount of money to Jeff, or you, do you know what I mean? For, for, yeah. for to buy those yeah. products so that, that you could then open it up. Why would but they do that? that <laughs> but let's, but let's suppose you were just going to uh, tax Jeff Bezos and the 400 richest Americans on their profits. All they will do is offset that back again to uh, their the products and the services that they produce they will simply raise the price of those products and services so that you, the taxpayer, will end up paying Jeff Bezos' tax bill for him. Yeah, yes. So, and I think you kind of touched on a point there, which is, see if you force Jeff Bezos to sell off his assets and someone yeah. else has to come along and buy them, why would anyone want to buy those assets? They'd be like, uh, I don't think so, because next thing the government's going to point their gun yeah. at me and say that I have to sell them yeah. off so that I can yeah. pay for the bailout too. It's like, yeah. it's this puerile, immature 
thinking, which does which thinks that the economy is like a chessboard where you can move one piece without it actually affecting all. You know, it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not. You can't just move one piece in an economy, right? Yeah. The wealth of the. I mean, they would. They would advocate the government should just come in, basically, take steal, Jeff Bezos's uh, assets. Right. Freeze them and say, okay, we're taking over all these assets that you have in order to pay off this debt. But if the government did that, just like Zimbabwe, just like Venezuela, just like a countless amount of other countries that done it, suddenly those assets wouldn't be worth a fraction. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Partly because they're all getting liquidated at once, but partly because there's um, regime uncertainty, it's called in economics, which is, yeah. you know, what am I going to invest in? What am I going to do? Why would I want to do anything? Because I don't know what's, what's around the corner. So it says the wealth of, the four, of 400 Americans could have finances, financed the entire CARES Act, including the corporate bailouts, expanded unemployment and expanded testing with nearly a trillion dollars left over. Again, you assume that Ceteris Paribus, that liquidating $2 trillion, two-thirds of their assets, would actually yield $2 trillion. It wouldn't. It would, it would yield maybe... It, I wouldn't be surprised if it only yielded, you know, 20% of that yeah. if you tried to liquidate, liquidate it all at once. Instead, the American taxpayer will be stuck with the bill. Yes, quite right, quite right. Well said. Instead, if you did this, instead the t American taxpayer will be booted by the bill. And by the way, I just want to mention, in America, it's only the top 40% of, of, of taxpayers that are paying any taxes in, uh, in net. So when you say the American yeah. taxpayers, these 400 richest Americans, despite dodging tons of taxes, are actually paying the vast majority of taxes. Yeah, and so are their employees. 5.7% lift every American out of poverty. Now, you know, I don't mean to sound incompassionate and all that, but poverty in America, uh, for the main part, in, includes owning a car and a, and yeah. a fridge and, you know, and all, all well, that hang stuff. Hang on a second, though. Here's the thing. Lift out of poverty. Okay, first of all, you have to define what poverty is. And if it's a moving goalpost, i.e., well, there's people in Bangladesh and they're in poverty, but there's people in America, they're in poverty because they're in relative poverty. Yeah, well, exactly. if you lifted them out of that poverty, they would simply redefine what poverty is again, right? So it will come like, well, if you only, if you only have a two-bedroom house, you're in poverty. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. Then we'll lift them up again. So everybody's got a three-bedroom house. Well, the guy with the four-bedroom house is rich, and the three-bedroom house people, they're in poverty. And if you think that's ridiculous, well, it's no more ridiculous than what they're actually doing at the moment when they tell you that people in the West are in poverty. Right. You know, well, I'd like to hear um, our previous guest, Darren McGarvey's response, who wrote uh, Poverty Safari's response to that. Uh, I think... I think uh, uh, no, I, I mean, I seriously would like to like to hear us, but because uh, what, but what I do would, you suppose his 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 uh, rebuttal would be? We'll, we'll find out when he agrees to come okay. back on the show. Okay. Um, one thing I would like to say is because because I wasn't wise to this, um, I I do actually agree, of course. Well, not of course that poverty has to be to some degree a relative measure, just because the fact that say like 
a hundred years ago, if you didn't have electricity, yeah. you, wouldn't, you, you, you wouldn't be considered in poverty. But today, so why are they not in relative? Why are they in relative poverty and not in relative wealth? That's a good point. You know, we we could have the relative. They are because right now, yeah, if you don't have a refrigerator or you can't afford yeah. a refrigerator, you're in poverty. But that wouldn't be the case fifty years ago. So no. it, it, to some degree, it has to be a relative measure. But the way that they calculate relative poverty is to make it absolutely meaningless. Because when yeah. you use their calculations of relative poverty, they do it in such a way that poverty could never actually be abolished. No. Which is not helpful. Even from a left-wing <laughs> perspective, it's not helpful. Because, <clears throat> Sorry, a fly genuinely flew right into my mouth then. <laughs> I feel impoverished and compared to people who don't have flies flying into their mouth. <laughs> As of 2019, around 38 million Americans lived in poverty. Again, I want to know what this poverty is. If Americans in poverty were a state, they would be the second largest by population. I get really cagey when people say this stuff because if this was true, why would people want to come from all over the world to come to America. I've heard people say like yeah. inequality is the worst, like Britain and America have two of the worst societies in terms of poverty. And I'm like, really seriously, why are you saying that? I mean, I know you're a lefty and uh, I, I actually believe that you're well-intentioned and you just want poor people to have good things, but can you not at least make an argument that isn't susceptible to so easily being punctured i mean it's it's really not helping anyone like you need clear data yeah. americans i have no it. idea i have no idea what this person making this graph actually means by poverty exactly every single person in america could be lifted above the poverty line well i mean as we said they just um, change it with a one-time yeah. cash subsidy of around ten thousand dollars per impoverished family and around 7,000 for impoverished individuals. The total cost would be 170 million, billion, a little over 5% of the wealth controlled by the These 400. These people I, I, have are you, no so idea gullible, how economics so works. So gullible. Yeah, I'm sure they'll stop at that. Oh, you gave us $10,000, right? We're happy now for the rest of eternity. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure. I'm fucking sure. They'll go out, a lot of them will go out and spend all the money pretty quickly. They might even go out on holiday on a long holiday or go gamble it away. Some of them definitely will. Yeah. It may seem counterintuitive that one-time subsidy could have any lasting impact on chronic poverty, but, but one of the surprising truths about poverty is that it's fluid. Yes, I agree, thank you. And one of the ways out of uh, fluid, uh, poverty, that fluidity, used to be called a job. Americans move in and out of poverty many times throughout their lives, and one good year can have a massive and long-lasting effect. I love this data point, right? A wealth of data now supports the idea that one-time cash transfers can permanently transform a local economy. Given a sudden windfall, people invest in their future. They go back to school, obtain transportation, pay for childcare, pay down debilitating debts, and do any number of things to improve their career, right? See when they say that if a lot of people who move out of poverty stay out of poverty. I think the really important qualifying factor is they moved out of poverty. In other words, they went and changed their habits or got a job or got some skills that moved them out of poverty. 
that's very different from being given a handout which doesn't increase your skills or earning power. When they say this uh, one-time cash transfers can permanently yeah. transform a local economy, what they're not looking at is the people who had to pay for the one-time yeah. transfers and how it affected their community, yeah. right? That's one point. The second point is if you're told that this is a one-time cash transfer, you're much more likely to make a sensible decision with it. Whereas in this kind of nebulous world where he's creating, where, where not only will there never be a, um, someone who's got more than a billion dollars anymore, but will never allow it to happen again, investment, investment patterns will change and yeah. people will be basically expecting that this is a gravy train. It's not going to be a one-time yeah. cash transfer because... You look, even, even look at something simple like a lottery, right? So each of us all puts in $5 into the lottery and we draw the, the balls out the, the, the machine at the end of it all and one person wins, you know, a billion dollars. So without a shadow of a doubt, that billion dollars is going to make a hell of a difference to them and their local economy and people around about them. However, everybody else is $5 out of pocket. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and you don't know that's what they would have fact. spent money on. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. And just the same, you don't know, to, to fund those $10,000 handouts, you don't see all the factories and machines and technology that wasn't invested in. The innovations, yeah. that might have been the person that invented the next um, smartphone or, you know, but that won't get funded. That won't get funded if you redistribute yeah. the wealth. In the or, the, US, or the guy who was just about to start a new business, a new factory in his town, and the government came in and handed them with a massive tax bill. So now he doesn't have that money to invest in his new uh, business anymore. So it, 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 it doesn't go ahead. And in the US, for all of the people who, that escape poverty in any given year, about half stay out of poverty for at least five years afterwards. I just come to my previous point. Yeah, yeah. that's because they escape poverty through getting a job or getting some skills, right? Not because they got so a handout. Yeah. So then, but that still admits that two thirds of those people are still in poverty. Right. So, so this is a very unskillful way to solve the problem. And I go back to the best way to solve the problem would be to have uh, voluntary organizations because they'd have to be very careful with who they gave handouts to. And they'd, they'd probably yeah. demand that the, they, they probably put people through training programs or give yeah. them internships and they pay the, they'd say, well, you know, I and know sometimes it wouldn't be handouts. It'd be credit free loans, uh, interest free loans. Yeah. Or, or um, uh, they'd say, look, I know you can't afford to take this internship on your own. So if you apply it and you get the internship, we will pay you. We will pay you the yeah. minimum as long as you can. But we suggest you take this job as yeah. well yeah. in order to pay some of the, the, you know, the costs yourself. You know, yeah. if you can hold, down the job, we're willing to, to and, pay and X that, amount. 
And that cannot be centrally planned because it requires no. local knowledge. That's why yeah. they have to be charities and, 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 local, and local institutions, volunteering institutions, because yeah. there's no way that the government has the information to tailor help to millions of people. Yeah. And that's it doesn't quite, have to be charities. It could be mutual aid yeah. uh, organizations. Then, yeah. Yeah. Any, all, I'm all for all sorts of organizations yeah. to try and solve these problems. It says, yeah. this would not be a permanent fix for all Americans, I'll say. Surely some would quickly return to poverty and other face debt so large that the subsidy would make little difference. But for tens of millions of Americans, this would be a life-changing event. It would be a generation-defining social program. Yeah, because despite the trillions, I think it's 15 trillion America has spent on, the American government has spent 15 trillion, uh, it's probably more than that now, on the war in mm. poverty. And guess what? There's still poverty in America. That's yeah. how good they are at solving poverty. For 15 trillion, there shouldn't be anyone left in poverty in America if this was a skillful program. What could we do what with 6%? We, we, who's do this we? Fucker we? Refund all 2018 taxes for all er households earning under 80 grand. It's just random shit. Do you know what I mean? In 2018, yeah. the combined federal tax revenue among all households earning $80,000 a year was around $200 billion. This money was taken up entirely from poor and middle class Americans. Well, do you know what? Yeah, well, don't. Yeah, well, don't tax them. Stop then. taking it from them. Yeah, I am kind of. I, I I think I've come around to being for the position that like uh, the income tax should only actually be on one percent of the one percent highest earners if it's to exist at all. Just simply. Well, only if it's voluntary. Well, I mean, the principal position is taxation is theft, but I'm saying if we're going yeah. to have an income tax at all. What could well, we it do? was. I mean, what that that was the initial ca the, a case in in America that uh, income tax only did apply to that yeah, exactly. uh, part so of the population, and even then, so it's the thin it end had, of the wedge. It, even then, it had to be apportioned. Right. You couldn't just say we're taking this money from you, and and that's constitutional. That's in the Bill of Rights. That's in the Constitution. That the money must be apportioned, i.e., ring fenced. You go, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. taking this money for you and for this, it's for this, this specific purpose. Yeah. So one of the things here is like, uh, again, it's the same stuff. 8% of this money would provide clean drinking water and toilet access to every human on earth. And by the way, I disagree with this for the same reason as before. What, uh, once you start spending that money on those things, the, the price of acquiring those services will, will go through the roof and obviously you have to liquidate the assets. But also, let's take the, the point of this, right? People are currently developing environmentally friendly toilets for Africa. I've seen them before. You know, they compost it and whatnot, right? Supposing you give this massive handout to whatever the current um, organization is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the current favored corporation that you're going to give a massive handout to, to provide all these toilets, you're basically... Um, for short-term gain, you're going to destroy all the innovation that is currently underway, which is going to be adopted in a piecemeal fashion. And you might go, well, you know, who cares about the innovation? Uh, we just need to get those Africans clean drinking water and toilets. Well, do you know what? That's 
billions of future generate billions of people if you might say think you're saving people in the short term but in the long term and the long term is a very long time i don't know how time how long time is going to run for but um it seems to to run pretty long so far it, actually this is seen and unseen again isn't it yeah. Around 844 million people have no access to clean drinking water of any kind. And, and I wonder how many of these people actually have done any volunteering for anything in their life, you know? Yeah. Uh, have they themselves made a contribution? Because I find it really hard to take people seriously when they've not. Contaminated water is a major source of disease. I mean... Let's dream a little bigger. Now that we've established the scale well, of inequality of the U.S. Some right of these right people are also the, the same people who, who oppose putting chlorine in water. Right. What could we do with 40% of this money? Right. Give okay. $10,000 to each. Oh, here we, I mean, it is yeah. a little bit repetitive. There are about 128 million households to give each. Yeah. What, but why? Why? Like... It's just, it doesn't actually change the underlying structure of, no. of these people's earning power. As Americans debate how and when to open the economy after coronavirus, we're frequently presented with a seemingly impossible choice between risking millions of lives and sliding into a Great Depression through continued lockdown. This is a repugnant lie. The money to weather the storm while maintaining quarantine exists. It's just a matter of... At the risk of at the risk of sounding tedious, I mean, he does realize that these assets are going to have to be liquidated. He doesn't. These people think that money is magic tokens. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? What could we do? Money is just magic tokens, and no matter what happens, but they don't get that the money itself is not worth anything. They they're very fond of the mantra: "You can't eat money." They're fond of that. They say, oh, you know, these people, you can't eat your money. That's right. You can't. And you and these people forget that when they say, oh, just give everybody $10,000. Well, what use is it possibly going to be to them? You know, now that it's all plastic, you can't fucking even wipe your ass on it. The yeah. money, it's, you know, it'd be like the Vima Republic with people yeah. going around with wheelbarrows full of money yeah, trying to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, trust. It's based yeah. on trust and property rights, i.e. that someone's not yeah. just going to acquisition it at any point. So this action... Every failed it, state has, has some, well, have many things in common, but one of the, the things that they have in common in failed, of all failed states is a complete disregard by the state for property rights. Right, exactly. And also, that's pretty much why countries are poor. I, I mean, yeah. again, you know, we all know Singapore and Hong Kong, whereas as poor as Africa was at one point. Yeah. And in 30 years, they became rich because of property rights. Whereas a lot of those countries in Africa still don't respect property rights. There's countries there where it takes 36 months to open a business, to get a license. And you never know where the, if the cops are just going to come by and go, right, your new bar belongs yeah. to us now. So no one builds anything. No one builds yeah. anything when their property rights aren't secure. The only, is, the only people who are, who are able to be rich and maintain their position are those who bribe uh, government officials. Yeah, which means you probably have to be wealthy already in order. So where's yeah. your social mobility there? It says yeah. these programs combined would completely transform our world. <laughs> I'll say 
uh, by redistributing wealth, millions of lives would be saved. Billions of people would be rescued from poverty and disease. I love this line. By inconveniencing just 400 people. Oh, you know, it's like, yeah, these people, fuck him, fuck him. They're just, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're just, they don't count. But also it's like, it, it's the idea that A, it's just an inconvenience, and B, uh, that it would only affect those 400 people and there wouldn't be like yeah. massive. Um, you were supposed to be right. Once those 400 but, people are gone, right? They don't have any money anymore. They don't have any assets anymore. They, you know, they're just another Joel that you and me because all their money's taken from them and redistributed. What then? Where next? Yeah, I mean, no one's Where, where did you go next for your money? It says, and all of them would still be billionaires afterwards. So, so the idea is to strip all their money except for one billion. Is it really so radical to suggest that this is the right thing to do? Given the choice between millions of deaths, I'm telling you, I think it would be, I think if this was actually yeah. done, far more people would die because it would cause such yeah, chaos well, and I anarchy. think that's demonstrable. And slight shrinking and slightly shrinking the for fortunes of a few super rich people, how could anyone conclude that the death of millions is preferable? Well, it's this is so about, it's back to the you want people to die argument. You know? We cannot accept this level of equality any longer. Who is this we? I keep on saying to collectivists. Yeah. Um, so living. it's just frustrating because, you know, Murray Rothbard basically once said, it's no sin to be ignorant of economics. After all, it's a very specialized field. However, it is um, unforgivable to loudly make, um, to loudly advocate economic policies without a grounding in economics. Um, well, what do you do with somebody though, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who apparently has a degree in economics. Well, I mean, well, she's got a degree from uh, the universities, which are largely beneficiaries of government funds. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that the universities um, are teaching Keynes and things like yeah. that. And um, uh, do you are, think are, they do you think they even introduce them to Austrian economics in any capacity? You don't even mention it. They basically get a footnote. The thing is, right. the way that economics is taught is a lot of it's a lot of statistics and econometrics, right up to Mises's day. He 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 saw he presided he presided over the move from economics from a field in which people wrote tracts, wrote um, manifestos and tracts and as plain language as they could muster to all this all econometric statistics and what have you. So Mises is acknowledged for talking about the consumer and how, the importance of consumers in markets and how, and he's acknowledged for his theory of the business cycle, the Austrian theory of the business cycle. And um, he is um, acknowledged for being um, one of the last great liberal thinkers. Yeah. However, um, from what I hear is they, they, 
the, the normal thing is they just really get a footnote on the Austrians. But the thing is, some of the ideas of the Austrians basically filtered into mainstream economics and are yeah. actually accepted. What was, so while they as a school are not acknowledged, economics, the canon of economical thought does accept a lot of ideas that were peculiar to the Austrian yeah. school at the turn of the 20th century and say up until the Second yeah. World War. Unfortunately, uh, I guess the Chicago school is a lot better known. Yeah, much better known. Yeah. And obviously the difference is, and in, in not in, it's mostly about method. Yeah. But, but the interesting thing is, um, I forget what I was going to say. You, you okay. feel some dead air. Uh, well, where are we now? Because uh, we've been chuntering on here for. Uh, well, I, I'm pressing the right button, and we're at yeah. like uh, a quarter of a trillion. So we're going to chunter on a bit longer. Um, okay, so about 250 trillion. We're at. We're, we're have to reach 296 trillion. No, yeah, 2. I mean we get 96. it. No, it's a it's a it's a fuck ton of money. Um, and if you think this is frightening. You want to start looking at government debt and you want to start looking at what government spends and what it gets in return for that spending. Yeah, lost you, Anthony. Mr. Samarov has gone. Um, obviously, the fly has done for him. Uh, the, the, I don't know why he swallowed a fly. But I guess he'll die. So uh, I literally, while I'm uh, gone, I, 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 I don't know if that will have recorded. I don't know if that will have recorded you while my headphones crashed. So right. Well, might... it said it, it was flashing recording, so I just kept chuntering. So continue your chunt. Uh, so start your chunter from the beginning. Well, did you did you hear what I said? No. No, because my headphones. Okay, I was just saying, Mister Samarov has left the building. I don't know why. Maybe the fly's done for him. Uh, I don't know why he swallowed the fly, but I guess he'll die. Uh, but you haven't died, so that's uh, that's pretty good. You're back. I can't see you though. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to remove my webcam so I could type, um, plug my headphones in. Um, so yeah, economics. I guess. Um, sorry, what were you chuntering on about? Uh, I was just filling the air while you were gone. Um, so I was hoping something else would come up on the screen that I could go. Yeah, I was going to start yeah. complaining about the NHS, but I'll do that on a different uh, different show. I'll do that. Okay, so one. it's quite pot. We we're I think I think that means I'm only actually a tenth of the way through scrolling across this turquoise. No, block. no, no. But I don't know if there's any Easter eggs at the end of it. So what I'd like to say is that... Is there any way you can speed it up? Uh, no, unfortunately yeah there, not. Yeah, there is. There's a thing at the bottom. Do you see it? Where? At the bottom of the screen, there's a little square, little grey square. That's the scroll bar. You can scroll faster. Oh, can I? Let's try that out. Let's see. I don't know. The thing is... Yeah, there is. I don't know if we'll miss some Easter eggs by doing that. I guess he'll probably. Yeah, but there's Easter. I don't want to be here like tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> exactly. So what happens if you scroll to the end? Nothing. That's all. Okay. 
Any parting words? Because I think this is going to turn out to be an hour and 10 minutes or something like that. Um, yeah, parting words. Jeff Bezos, you're still a dick. Right. Um, but uh, the problem is once, you know, it's like that thing, you know, they, they came for the trade unionists, but I wasn't a trade unionist, so I said Yeah, exactly. Um, they came it's for more Jeff about Bezos. defending private, the yeah. concept yeah. of private property. The thing is, libertarians are fond of saying, um, well, the problem is just the government giving handouts to these people, and we need to stop that. And I agree that the, the fundamental problem is the right of the government to hand out special privileges. Yeah. However, I don't think we can give the financial elites, we can let them off the hook and say, well, don't hate the player, hate the game. Because when you're at that level of wealth and influence, you are essentially responsible for defining the rules of the game by your lobbying. So the, 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 the thing is, it's the referee. They, they're actually, they are, they're not just, you can't say don't hate the player, hate the game about Bill Gates yeah. because he got IP, because he actually went and defined the rules of the game. So I don't think that we should give them a free, give rent seekers no. themselves a free pass. That's, no. that's where I've moved. That's where my, because I was over to the, I was over to the side of sort of giving rent seekers a free pass and saying, well, you know, the problem's just the government. I agree that that the fundamental problem is the government, but yeah. at this point, the line between when you've got that much influence over the government's policies, you're basically part of the part of the state apparatus and that that's where my position has moved in the last two weeks so yeah. but the thing is I, as you say fundamentally undermining the principle of private property is going to make things a lot worse so you essentially if you want to stop these abuses you really need to target the government's ability to choose winners and losers and unfortunately the left are not going to do that because they want the government to pick winners and losers just the winners that they choose yeah any yeah. anything else nope i think i'm done here all right good show thanks for everyone for tuning in speak to you soon cool